What's up, everybody? Episode 33, the Go Figure live YouTube show podcast, wherever you are taking it in. Welcome. Welcome. It's going to be rapid fire again. We're going to be knocking these out in about 30 minutes or so. Uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays, so excited for today's episode. And today, of course, is a special day. We have enter- entered the month of May. And uh, so, Ty, happy happy birthday to you today. Yeah, and happy birthday to you yesterday, Leo. That's true. It was my birthday yesterday. It's yours today. And uh, May, there's something I've read a lot of different things that people, for whatever reason, uh, born in the month of May, tend to be pretty remarkable people. I don't know. I don't know why that is. You know, I can. I I agree with that. I'm yeah. not. I'm not going to argue that. I mean, and, it is. and the oracle. You know, our, the, the our, oracle. That's right. Our guy, the, the oracle. Isaac. He's Isaac. He's uh, today as well. That's right. Yeah, I guess we'll have to send him a little joint text. And yeah. Hey, how's our underwriting guy get doing? Uh, that'd be another uh, part of that text. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, guys, we got some uh, good topics uh, for you today. Today, we're going to dip into right away the money topic, which is. Uh, different financial trends and goals, things that are affecting small business owners, and specifically like gener- Generation Z, Gen X, and Millennials. What are some of those challenges and hurdles that they're you know, confronting in 2023? And one of the final ones is one we talk about often, and so that's going to be fun to kind of dip into that uh, money topic. Absolutely. And for, and for mindset, Leo, this is something everyone needs to work on here is how to create oh, yeah. a money-making mindset. We'll break down some strategies there for everyone. Perfect. And then we've got uh, the sports uh, stuff we're going to be going over. Obviously, we had the NFL draft last weekend, which uh, was exciting, as it always is. And so there are some articles out there that have kind of given some grades to all 32 NFL teams. And I'm curious what your takes are, if you agree with those. Who won, who lost, which teams You know, are going to be uh, prospering after the draft that took place last week? Awesome, yeah. And then for mastery, we uh, didn't get a chance to really dive into this last time, but we want to talk about the Air Jordan movie and, and break down all the genius strategies that that helped Nike ultimately become a billion-dollar organization here. Yeah, I mean, I've said it over and over again. If you have not listened to the uh, book Shoe Dog by Phil Knight, his story and rise and near you know bankruptcy every other year with Nike is nothing short of what entrepreneurship is all about, and uh, just a great uh, great book. In fact, uh, I hope to you know when we've uh, achieved a little bit more uh, you know success with our fintech and our finance company, write that style book because it's very story oriented. Hey, here's what really happened. And it's just compelling stuff. In fact, it's so compelling that my uh, my 13-year-old, he was 12 at the time, or maybe even 11, he listened to the entire thing. And it's a, you know, it's a decent book, uh, maybe seven, eight hours long to listen to. And and he really enjoyed it. So, And uh, I think my wife even listened to it. So it's that kind of book. But it has so many business and entrepreneur principles, which is kind of cool. So excited to talk about that. And obviously, uh, good things is so far what I've heard about the movie. Haven't seen it yet, but... But hoping to see it soon. Maybe one night in Orlando, we should take the whole team. That's a great idea, actually. That's a really good idea. Yeah, I support that. We should do that. Maybe Saturday evening, we should get yeah. uh, tickets and, and I'll, head get, on. I'll have Marie get a book today. Let's do it. That's a, that is an awesome idea. Congratulations, Jillian. You're going to go see air. <laughs> Welcome to the Go Figure podcast, created for parents and business owners who want to get their money right. My name's Leo Cannell. As a husband and father of five, I've been fortunate to create two eight-figure businesses in the fintech space. 
This podcast will share the values, principles, strategies, tools, and tactics that have helped us to build a fintech empire and provide an epic life for our family. Having been a parent and entrepreneur for 20 years, there's a lot I don't know. There's been a lot of failure. The good news is together, we'll find solutions to creating an epic life powered by a business that we love. All right, guys, let's uh, jump into our money topic here. Gen, the different uh, Gen Z, Gen X, small business owners, uh, millennials, etc., have all set financial goals in 2023. What are some of the obstacles and hurdles to actually achieving those goals? Well, let's go ahead and dive into this. So this is an article here from our good friends at uh, Rocket Mortgage, owned by not the the one and only uh, Dan. Not is it? It's not Dan Snyder. It's Dan. Uh, no, Dan Snyder. Dan the, Snyder's the Commanders. Command. Don't want to confuse that. <laughs> this is the guy that owns the uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers basketball team. Where um, Dan Gilbert. Is that right? Yeah. That Dan Gilbert. Right. Yeah. Owner of Rocket Mortgage. Amazing entrepreneur. And then he had that little thing where the the so called king. And he had that little negative tweet when uh, LeBron left oh, went to Miami, yeah. and then he came back and they worked things out and whatever. But uh, didn't they just buy Truebill? Uh, they did. Rocket Mortgage did buy Truebill. Absolutely, wow. yes, what they a did. Company. Wow. Yeah, that was a big uh, purchase, smart purchase, on their part, and really it works uh, seamlessly with uh, mortgages and managing your your money as a consumer. So interestingly enough, so here's some of the different uh, goals that Gen Z in particular has in 2023. 45.1% of Gen Zers have a home ownership related goal for 2023. 42.6% of Gen Zers have spent more than they earned. That's a key. And 69.1% are currently saving money which doesn't actually add up because I mean I guess you I guess it's good I guess you could save money and still spend more than you earn maybe that's possible, uh, but the numbers don't quite uh, add up there and I think that's uh, probably as good a place uh, to start as as any. Uh, it says in this article that Gen Z is saving money, and um, I'm just curious again. Let's kind of break down how do these generations work, Jillian? Can you look that up right now? Tell us if you're, you know, Gen X, Gen Z, Millennial, like what does that actually mean? What years were you born? We've talked about that. Um, while she's looking that up, what are kind of, this is always the biggest obstacle. Like if you actually want to get ahead financially, and, and Ray Dalio says this all the time, what's the problem with our government, Ty? The U.S. government spends more than it takes in and earns. Like it's not rocket science, people. You can't spend more than you earn and win the game of money ever, period, end of story. And so our government continues to spend, like we're doing trillion dollar every year, um, you know, debts basically that are exceeding our income. So all the taxes, all the regulation that comes into the federal government is trillions of dollars, and yet we spend a trillion above and beyond what we actually take in as a country. So that's what we do as a government. But probably half of the population kind of has that problem too. And right now, Generation Z is struggling with that. And there's a lot of different factors. How do you unpack that? Like, what do you, where are the solutions? Yeah, I am curious. Jillian, do you have that? What are those years? So millennial is 1981 to 1996. Hold on. So millennial is 1981 to 1996. Wow, damn, I was almost a millennial, but not quite. <laughs> Oh, wow. So Gen Z cuts off at 2012. Yeah. So that, okay. 
I mean, you, you look at these stats, and I, I would imagine a lot of these Gen Zers are still probably living at home, living with yeah. their parents, which it makes sense. They better be saving money. But, you know, even some of our employees that are Gen Zs, and I, I, they come to me, Ty, how can I be better with my finances? And I look at their finances, and I look at their bills, and their actual bills are less than 1000 bucks a month because they're not paying for anything. They're living with their parents. Their bills are 1000 bucks a month. They're making four or $5,000 a month, and they're willing to save $20 a week. And so I wonder with these statistics, when it says a lot of these Gen Zers are saving, well, what are they actually saving? I think the bigger picture here is a much lower percentage of, of those are saving for a home. They don't even, they're not even looking, they're not even thinking about buying a home right now. So they're just saving for these small little vacations, Xboxes, the cool cars. And so when you're not really saving with this long-term bigger picture in mind, it's really, really hard to save and be consistent with it. But it is, I mean, if you would have asked me coming into this, Leo, what percentage of Gen Zers are saving money, I probably would have guessed like 20 to 25%. So that, that 60, what was it? 68, 69%. Yeah. That's, I'm actually pretty impressed. Good job, Gen Z. That's yeah, no, it, it just, there was the one thing that didn't quite add up because it's like, well, 42.6 spend more than they earn, yet supposedly 69% are saving money. So, and again, that could be possible. I could be saving money, but I'm actually spending more, maybe putting it on a credit card I know that I'm actually earning. <laughs> so there, there we go. So, yeah. I mean, you can save money and actually still spend more. So ultimately, your net worth is actually going down because you're increasing your debt load because that's the only way you can spend more than you earn, right? It, it is funny. The, this person, it's like, I've got this nest egg, but my credit card debt is well surpassing my nest egg, so it doesn't really make any sense. But uh, hey, if it makes you sleep better at night, keep that nest egg there. But yeah, it, it, it is kind of odd. 70% are saving money, but... 42%. So we're, uh, our math isn't adding up rocket mortgage, but that's okay. Um, I'm shocked by that home ownership goal. It, what was it? 43, only 43% or 45% of Gen Zers have a goal of, of owning a home. Ty, I think you hit the nail on the head there because if you don't have like a big purpose to save money, you probably won't save money, right? Like if you don't have written down, hey, I want to be a millionaire by the time I'm age 35 and I want to have real estate making me, you know, uh, passive income every month or I want to have a little side hustle that makes me money. And if you're not specifically saving for the purpose, then you'll just have some money in there. And when a little opportunity comes along, oh, my buddies are going to Vegas. We got to go spend a few grand. Well, I'm going to pull from savings yep. and do that because I don't have that goal. I, I'm, I, I don't have any big purpose. And I think that's huge. If you don't have the bigger purpose, then you'll eventually just not be disciplined. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think part of it too is I, I've heard some of our, our employees even mention this to me is that the thought of buying a home right now is just – it's hopeless, right? The, the market's way too high. Yeah. Rates are too high. So there's no chance I'm even going to buy a home. So let's just have fun and spend my money. But if they understand the real estate market, it will always kind of slowly do this and, and trend upwards. But there will be an opportunity to buy. And you need to be positioning yourself today so that you can buy when that opportunity arises tomorrow. And it's not enough of them are doing that. You know, one of the cool stories I, I liked uh, out of Grant Cardone was he... I, didn't, I don't think he invested in real estate until he was like 35, 36 years old. Wow. And he had saved up like almost uh, almost a million dollars in cash, maybe somewhere around in between 35, 37. 
And he looked at hundreds of apartment buildings, hundreds, and he didn't pull the trigger because he wanted to be sure. He wanted to be confident. And when he finally found he had looked at so many that he, oh my word, he knew this one was way below market value. He picked it up, and I think he eventually sold it for like a multi-million dollar profit wow. a few years later and bought it in Southern California, I think San Diego area. And that's and that's what it requires to succeed at the highest levels is patience, and that is really difficult sometimes when you're in your 20s and, and you just don't have the patience. But boy, if you can have it, there's nothing better. And, and it's interesting, I was, I was reading another... Another story, another article. It was um, uh, actually it was a it was a post on Facebook by a guy named Josh Forty, cool little cool entrepreneur. He's done some stuff with Russell Brunson, and apparently he's he's really uh, gotten into you know spirituality and and Jesus uh, the last uh, year, which is cool. But he he went to this mastermind, and there's this guy named Sam Ovens, and Sam Ovens started Consulting.com and came from New Zealand. He's got this thick accent and he's killed it. He's built like a $50 million net worth. And in this mastermind, this guy was uh, saying, oh, I'm trying to grow my business and I just can't. And Sam's like, how much you know cash do you have in the bank? And he's like, maybe 30 grand. And he's like, well, of course you can't grow the business. You can't grow the, you can't even breathe until you have $100,000 in the bank. And Josh looked at that and, and thought back a few years ago. And for him, the big number was 10,000. Boy, I can't even breathe until I have $10,000 in the bank. And I think if you're Gen Z or you're in your 20s, even wherever you're at and you're trying to win, it is hard to breathe until you actually have $10,000 in the savings account because you get a flat tire, you have a little health emergency, you have one little bump in the road, and all of a sudden your savings is gone or you have to tap the credit card to make ends meet. And I've been there, and it's painful. And so there, there is this importance. So I guess really come, the question to ask is, well, how do you save that money? And so maybe we should unpack that for people. Yeah, and I, you know, part of it, and not everyone has the uh, the ability to live with their parents at 21 22 years old so this isn't yeah. for everyone out there but for those of you that are still living in your parents basement and you're 20 21 22 years old this is not a time to go do whatever the hell you want to do and spend your money this is a very unique opportunity not a lot of people have where you can actually finally save some money i would really really buckle down and say you know what are my minimum what are my monthly expenses what do i actually have to spend money on maybe give yourself another 10% on top of that for spending money, put everything else away because you're not going to have this free ticket much longer, but it's a unique opportunity to save money, not a unique opportunity to go do whatever the hell you want. So, so there it is. And step one, track the money, track the spending. Where is the money going? And if you don't have an app doing it, like my figures or, you know, true bill, you need to be tracking your money and you need to have a budget and you need to know, Hey, here's how much I'm spending each month. And here's how much, uh, you know, is available and disposable income that should be going towards savings. And if you even allocate, all right, I'm going to give myself X amount to go out to dinner, to go to a movie, to go to an event. And once that budget is spent, you don't tap in the savings. Like it's like that money doesn't exist. Yeah. And one of the secrets that some people do, and, and I've heard uh, experts say, is, hey, you should have a separate, like, sacred savings account that maybe isn't even at the bank you're at. Maybe you just push that out every payday, and then you can't even see or touch that money. And I think that's that's a good rule to have kind of a sacred account that you're building up towards something. Maybe it's to start a business. Maybe it's to buy a piece of real estate. Whatever it is, you're 
allocating that money. And, and so it starts with the budget. And then the second thing is that money is not available. That's not money that I can spend. Yeah. And, and on the other side of this, parents, if, if you have older adult children living in your basement right now or still living at your house, or maybe you have a second home that they're living in, don't give it to them for free. I, I had a lot of friends whose like parents, that. they charged them 800 to to $1,000 a month and said, you have to pay this rent. But when you're ready to go out and buy your home, I'm going to give it all back to you. So as they're getting the rent, it's going into a separate holding account. So it's kind of forcing their children to actually have some accountability and actually Ooh, like save that. some money. I think that is a great way as a parent to really help this younger generation prepare for that home buying opportunity. That's beautiful. I like that. That is really good. So then the next thing is, let's say you're a small business owner or you're Gen Z, Gen X, whoever you are. Well, at the end of the day, you can and you should and you must budget. You should have a fintech app that helps you do it. You should write down goals and things that you want to accomplish. But once you've stretched the eagle in the quarter as much as he can be stretched, well, now there's only one way to win, and that's to actually earn more income. And so at your job, can you find opportunities to earn additional commissions? At your job, can you do something that you can do, build a project and, and get a, a share of some of the profits because you're going to do all this uh, work within the business? Or are you? can you do a side hustle? Most people just think of, oh, I'm going to go get a second job. Cool. If you want to go get a second job, that's another way to do it. But if you want to leverage and really increase your income, it generally becomes from some sort of business, some sort of opportunity where you can earn exponential income, bigger income than maybe even in your job. And once you can start doing, and usually that's required you to do it outside of regular hours, right? So, oh my gosh, you might have to work on the weekend. I know some of y'all think your weekends are sacred, but if you want to get ahead and win, you need to do some work on the evenings. You need to do some work on the weekends. And because of technology, you have that opportunity that maybe 20, 30 years ago wasn't so easy. And so if you don't take the step to earn more money to grow. And that's the same thing if you already have a business. How can you earn more money in the business? How can you work on higher leverage activities that earn, bring in bigger clients, bigger dollars, or exponentially grow through technology or able to ability to build a team and hire somebody? If you can't do those things, then you'll never, because it's very small linear growth, right? Unless you can save to invest in a business or in something that's going to grow, then it's going to be very difficult to actually win the money game. Absolutely. Well, I, I think we should move along with these shorter, uh, these shorter, uh, uh -oh. shorter shows. Where are time is? Uh, I guess yeah, we, I guess we caught one that uh, we Sheesh. really liked there. All right. No, I liked it a lot. All right. So, how to create a money mindset? Number one, believe that you can make money. How important is that? It's extremely important. It, getting out of that box of, you know, they what was that? There was a bridges out of poverty, and, and I think oftentimes this this concept of of money and making money has a lot to do with how you're raised. And oh, yeah. I see this with a lot of my friends, even whose parents maybe they were blue collar workers and they never made more than X amount of dollars per hour, and they just felt that you know that's my life, that's what I was brought here to do. I'm I'm blue collar. I'm only ever going to be worth twenty bucks an hour, and and so shifting that mindset to I can do more. I can accomplish more. I can be more is the first step in ever, ever achieving anything like that, Leo. A lot of us have false beliefs when it comes to money. Oh, only, you know, rich people are all bad or the only way to 
really become wealthy is you have to, uh, you know, basically do unethical things. You have to hurt somebody to do it. So we have all these false beliefs that we tell ourselves to make sense of where we're at or where we're, how we were raised, or maybe our parents tell us that. And those false beliefs keep you down. Sometimes we have a false belief, oh, I can't make more than my parent who, you know, had such and such job or got this degree. I can't do that. And so we'll have these false beliefs that we tell ourselves. And so eliminating those false beliefs is super important and being proactive, uh, take action, implement a plan. I would say I would take a step further, find a mentor. And if you can do someone in person, great. If not, there's so many great people on YouTube. People, who's farther ahead in the journey than you? Who already has a seven, eight-figure business that you can learn from? Who's already built that net worth? Who's in, you know, if you want to become a real estate investor, who do you know, who, who can you follow and learn from on YouTube that's already done it? If somebody's in your space who that's killing it, what can you learn from them? Learn from them and then follow their example and what they're doing. Like, that's a, a simple process. Yeah, I, I think that's a really important one, Leo. Because I think back very, very early on in my entrepreneurial journey, it was like my mind was constantly thinking about what can I invent? What can I create? What can I do? What can I do? When in all reality, I learned to shift that mindset and say, what can I do better than someone else? It's not always this new idea, this new concept, this new invention Sometimes it's finding something that already exists and figuring out how to do it better than the other person. And that's, you know, that honestly opened up the, the doors to me like you wouldn't believe. I just, so many new concepts and ideas of not brand new, but how to do it better. All of a sudden we're, we're doing all sorts of things. So I think uh, opening up your mind a little bit more in, from a broad spectrum, I think is a very important aspect of that too. That's huge. I think 90% of businesses actually are not like brand new things that have never been done before. It's just doing like exactly what you said, doing something that's being done, but doing it better. And that's, that's exactly what Uber was, right? Uber was just a, a way better taxi service, right? Uh, Airbnb was just a way better hotel service. And so there are all these different things that just really improved and disrupted the old uh, technologies that we had. And that's, that's as much as you have to do. And then getting on early trends. Maybe if you got on the crypto trend 10 years ago, that would have been really good for you. If you get on the AI trend right now, how can you get involved with some AI startup? How can you do something uh, with AI could be an opportunity, but just taking the existing, making better a huge opportunity. Stay focused on your goals. Never give up. Celebrate the little successes and wins. And if you track it and you have that money date each week with myfigures.com or whatever app you're using, that's going to pay dividends. Well, let's talk about the NFL draft. And we kind of organized, this is an article here from the USA Today about the NFL draft and still has seven rounds, right? Yeah. Seven rounds, 32 picks each round. And so that's that's the NFL draft for you. What were some of your takeaways for the NFL draft last week, what what were your thoughts? Yeah, so watching the draft, um, not I, I did kind of peek down at these a little bit, but I hadn't looked at any of these final yeah. grades. My honest take would would be Leo that the Eagles got better, which is scary because uh -oh. they were already really really good, really good, and their interior defensive line just got significantly better, which is is scary. So I would say the Eagles and the Texans. I think what the Texans did to get their quarterback and then immediately make a trade to go get that top defensive uh, player, that linebacker that they wanted to get. Mm -hmm. I was really impressed with the Eagles and the Texans. Um, 
I'll give a review on on my guys, the the, the Dolphins. Yeah. They kind of got screwed out of that first round pick because of oh. the, you know, talking to Tom Brady a little too early, which oh, right. everyone That's does that crap yeah. and they lose a sixth or seventh rounder, but for whatever reason, Miami got their first round taken and so teams like Miami, San Francisco didn't have those those early picks, didn't have first round picks. I think they didn't do a good job at filling their what the the holes on the team. They didn't fill their needs. They were just trying to find best players available. So I'm not necessarily opposed to what they did, but they need to go make some some additional moves. But uh, yeah, the Eagles got a lot better. The Texans definitely positioned themselves for success. Um, looking at this now, it looks like Eagles and Texans were both A plus. Jets at an A minus. I think I'm just a Jets hater now because of the Aaron Rodgers thing, but. Uh, I wasn't all that impressed with what they did. Um, Panthers went and got their guy, Bryce Young. So we'll see how that pans out. Does this scroll down? Who got the worst grades? There we Ooh, go. Jags, Browns, and think? Broncos. Yeah. I don't think any of them. Dude, really Sean got... Payton screwed things at the Broncos? <laughs> wow, that's that's unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, everything that they gave up to bring Russell Wilson in just kind of it's, screwed them for a while. A tough so, spot. Yeah, we'll hope he can... Well, we'll see what out. Coach Payton can do there. Yeah. No, I, I also – I don't know where, where Atlanta ended up. I really thought they kind of – I think Bijan will be a fantastic running back in the NFL, but there were some really, really good players still on the board when Atlanta went and picked the running back. It seems like in the league running backs are kind of a dime a dozen right now. I thought it was really, really – odd for them to go pick a running back when they just had a rookie go for over a thousand yards last year but uh, maybe they know something we don't i mean it's kind of like the last hurrah where if you had a great running back like in the 90s i think of the cowboys and emmett smith i think of the denver broncos and terrell davis and those were kind of like the last two teams that the run was really what you know established their their success and and uh, their their franchises for a number of years, and then you start to go beyond that, and I don't think that's been the case for I mean, twenty plus years. Derrick Henry and, and the running one backs outlier. are kind of a commodity. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Derrick Henry's the one outlier that we've seen. There's yes, Dalvin Cook's had some good years. Zeke's had some good years, but they've kind of turned into running backs by committee. Um, Christian McCaffrey's a very very unique back, and yeah, I get it, paying some money there, but. Look how many downs he's missed over the last few years. Always Their hurt. lifespan is yeah. so short. I mean, Atlanta needed some some massive help up front, and there was some really good options to go get it, and they went with a running back. So uh, we'll see how that pans out. But I thought that was a really strange pick. It's always weird to me. Like, you know, you, you've got some different strengths on your team, and, and you're good here and there, and, and then you just draft somebody that kind of only adds to those strengths, which is great. You got more, but your weaknesses, if you don't fix your weak, like you have to be good everywhere. You look at the Eagles, they're great on the D line. They're great in their defensive backfield. They're great on the offensive line. They have talented receiver running back and their quarterbacks. Like there's not all, there's no holes in that team. And wherever they did have some little holes, they filled them further. And then you look at other teams that uh, like the Falcons, well, they, they, you know, the Tyler Algier and, and they, they did okay running the ball, but 
They didn't have a lot going on downfield with the receivers. Was their offensive line great? I mean, you just think of all the de- the weaknesses, and I think it's similar in business, right? Oh, yeah, you know, we're, we're good at this, but you never work on all the stuff you're weak at, right? You, you never have a podcast. You never do any social media, and you, you just have a few word of mouth or referrals that come in, and you never build on those weaknesses. Well, if you don't build on the weaknesses and invest in technology in your business, you're going to eventually get killed by the competition and it's the same thing in the NFL if you just keep on adding to some of the things you're good at but you never fix the stuff you suck at I, I just don't see you getting better exactly you're you're only ever as good as your weakest link and that's that is true even in the NFL so um but no I'm I'm definitely excited it's it's panning out to be another really good season thankfully I don't think Buffalo got any better they they did get our Ute Kincaid but uh I don't think Buffalo got any better I don't think. I think New that's England another perfect example. I mean, they're tight end. I, I mean, I'm sure Kincaid's an upgrade, and you need multiple tight ends. But we're looking at a team that uh, the Cincinnati Bengals in the in the second round went right through the Bills' offensive line. Don't you need some help at the bill at the offensive line or linebacker? I mean, they ran all over. Oh, them too. Line, their <laughs> defense the was run. just porous. Yeah. So did they fill those holes? Didn't seem like it. So. I'm okay with that. AFC East coming back to Miami. I think you're right. I mean, it's maybe Miami and maybe the Jets. We'll we'll see how the Jets uh, translate. I mean, I do like the coach. Yeah. That guy. That guy. Salah is a winner, and I think the team won in spite of all of their issues and, and talent gaps and Zach Wilson not playing well. So uh, he's a great coach. We'll we'll see what uh, they can do. I guess if they make. You're right, Aaron Rodgers didn't have a great year last year, but if they make his life simple, maybe they do well. Maybe he doesn't have to be as good if Salah keeps on running a good defense and they can run the ball, but, you know, that remains to be seen. Yeah. So based off of the draft results, what would you anticipate happening in 2023? Yeah. um, Like I said, I I don't see anyone in the NFC taking down the Eagles. Um, the only teams that I thought if they really, really had a good offseason, maybe Dallas could could make a push. I think Minnesota's done. I think that the 49ers could make a push. But I'm just – as weird as this is, I, I, I don't know that I'm necessarily sold on Brock Purdy being the long-term solution. I think he was a fantastic fill-in. I think he did a miraculous thing, but I don't think he's going to be that Super Bowl-winning quarterback. So I think the, the NFC is still locked down by – Philadelphia, the uh, AFC. Oh man, I, I there's a lot of teams that that could win the AFC. Cincinnati's really good. Um, obviously, the Chiefs, the Super Bowl champs, got better. Uh, Miami's a really really good team. The Chargers are a really good team. Buffalo's a really good team. I, I think the AFC is really hard, but I would not be surprised at all to see another Chiefs Eagles Super Bowl. Honestly. Yeah, I agree. It's almost, it's almost like, you know, we're looking at uh, a Biden-Trump uh, rematch uh, and the presidential <laughs> thing, and it's like the NFL, yeah, the odds are pretty good we could see, you know, the Chiefs and uh, Eagles. The only other two I see challenging, the two you mentioned, Cincinnati and the Dolphins, especially if Tua can stay healthy because they're so talented. And uh, Joe Burrow is just a badass. He's just a bad man. So I see those three. On the NFC – I mean, you see the Eagles and the 49ers clearly have a lot of talent. I'm with you. I mean, I mean that was a what was it a five five game run for Purdy? That's cool, but I mean, they have a whole off season to look at what you did and what your uh, trends were and what your 
you know, you, you tend to do, and, and all of a sudden, the year two can be very, very different, even as smart as Kyle Shanahan is. But besides those two, I don't even see who, who else <laughs> who else you got in the NFC. I sure as hell don't have the Cowboys. Do you agree with that? Do you think they had a, uh, a C-minus uh, draft? Yeah, I, I don't think oh, they wow. handled their needs. Okay. Hot take here. Okay. The Detroit Lions oh, could honestly is... make a playoff run. Yeah. They are a very good team. I love their coach. Dan I Campbell. love Jared Goff. Yeah. Playing with a massive chip on his shoulder. Yeah. They played well. How'd they do in the draft, though? Um, they really, really interesting. They used their first pick and went and got a running back, which was weird because they picked up <laughs> David Montgomery and they already had um I'm drawing such a blank. They they already had their their number one running back and then they let Jamal Williams right. he's gone. Scored he a bunch of touchdowns. Saints. Um, they picked up Montgomery, and then they ended up trading. Gosh, he's a phenomenal running back. I don't know why I'm drawing such a blank. He was a, a top-tier running back, but they traded him to the Eagles for a fourth-round pick. And so now they've got Montgomery and Alabama's running back that they picked up in the first round, and then they filled a few more needs. I Honestly, I, I think the Lions could be a really good team. Well, yeah. Aaron Rodgers is gone, and, and you know Minnesota's – inconsistent because their defense is very porous yeah very porous yeah well and they're they're saying dalvin cook's going to miami oh really yeah wow yeah it's getting okay. real wow that would be that would be nice for my <laughs> yeah he dalvin cook posted a photo and put a dolphin over his vikings logo but because of the way it works, it, it saves them a ton of money if they wait until June so he gets cut versus uh, a, tra- right, right. a trade. So gotcha. this June, you'll see Dalvin Cook in Miami. Fascinating. Well, guys, it's been a fun episode. If you're liking it, share it with others. Share it with people who want to get their money right, people who want to create uh, you know, an epic life for them and their family. Money is a game. Learn how to win that. Uh, you can always go to myfigures.com and and uh, manage that if you're a small business owner looking to grow of course there's seven figures funding and our team will uh, do everything possible to serve you with uh, financing make 2023 your breakthrough year and if you're in our in our funding partner programs make sure you're helping small business owners with that erc and if you haven't gotten it yourself uh, the link is below here in the description section but uh, guys have a fantastic week and hopefully we'll be back on Thursday with another episode of Go Figure. Thank you for joining us on the Go Figure podcast. If you learned something that will help your business or family, take 30 seconds and give us a five star. If we added value to your day, then share the show with someone who wants to get their money right and be sure to subscribe to the Seven Figures Funding YouTube channel. If you're a business owner and a parent committed to getting your money right for your family, then check out the MyFigures.com money app with a free 30-day trial to manage your money, track your net worth, and build a profit-first business through our fintech platform. God bless, and we'll see you next time on the Go Figure Podcast.